When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Thanks for jumping in. If you're on the YouTubes, make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you join us in the chat as well. We've got a lot to get to today. We have the answer for the situation and goal for the Blackhawks. We're going to get to that in the second half of the show. But we are at the 10-game mark already, fellas, which is kind of crazy. Um, I'm, I'm, it's flying by. <laughs> I'm not really excited <laughs> about that, to be honest. Um, but we're going to do some assessments, uh, mainly with the two guys on this team that matter most, uh, on the ice and in the future, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, two guys who many, uh, suspect will not be part of things when the season ends. Um, but they've been both of them off to, pr- to pretty solid starts. We're going to get to that. We're going to hear from Luke Richardson assessing his first 10 games, as an NHL head coach. And we've also got to discuss now that Alec Regula is here, uh, how is he going to be utilized? How is he going to be deployed? Because um, the guys you've got in have not been bad. So a lot of questions here that the Blackhawks need to answer. But fellas, let's get started with uh, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. And, and right. I specifically want to start with Jonathan Taves because Patrick Kane is kind of one of those guys that even if you're like, oh, he's had kind of a slow start to the year, you look up and he's got 10 points in 10 games and he's a point per game guy. And that's what he's going to be probably until the day he retires. Um, so less kind of question about him and his value. But Jonathan Taves uh, through 10 games, six goals, two assists uh, for eight points. Obviously, he's a plus one, eight penalty minutes, uh, three power play goals, which is pretty sweet. Uh, nice. 31% shooting percentage and winning 63% of his faceoffs. If I was to talk Sustainable. to you guys, yeah, right. If I was to talk <laughs> to you guys game one and say 10 games in, this is what Jonathan Taves is going to have on the stat sheet. I think we would all absolutely be thrilled with that result. Shocked. I would have been shocked if he I was doing that. Yeah. I would have asked you to pass the gummy bears. Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, from the way from what we saw in preseason, uh, not the ones from Mark Bergeron, though. No, no, not those. <laughs> those are, those are. I'm surprised that didn't get any Twitter traction from uh, people in Montreal. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the fun gummy bears. Um, yeah, what we saw in preseason, we were all very worried and con- I don't know, worried, but we were concerned that like, oh boy, doesn't look great, and. Uh, yeah, it, the, the the captain's been uh, fabulous. Um, just much better than I think anybody could have expected. I think one of the big things is not only is he statistically uh, producing at a rate that we, I don't think many uh, expected out of him, um, maybe only himself, but you know, given the way that that last season went, uh, it really didn't. Um, I didn't expect this from 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 Jonathan Taze at all. And that's 
fantastic. That's great because that's helping him, you know, if he's producing and an active and, and being, you know, a, ver- an, a version of his old self, that's great for this team. That's great for him. That's great for his confidence. It's great for his trade value. Um, the other thing that I think I've been impressed with, with Taze has been the way he's kind of handled himself. Um, yeah, he's not, you know, the most expressive guy. Um, same thing with Patrick Kane, but from what they've said, the way that they've you know been carrying themselves um, th- through this season so far, and from what Luke Richardson has said, it seems like both guys, and especially Taze, have been actual true leaders in the locker room. And that's great because the way last season ended with, you know, the way Jonathan Taze was handling the the trades and the direction of the team and the unknown and, and everything like that. Um, we were, we were very critical of him. And, and I think for good reason, I, I think, you know, it's yes, change and, and losing and going in a direction that you've never experienced before in your professional career is difficult. Um, but there's, there's some responsibility that comes with being the captain and, and the leader. And obviously Taze knows that, um, but it just seemed like what he was saying was just like, man, this guy is not in a good mood. This guy does not seem like he's going to be, you know, a positive influence on the locker room going forward. And so far, 10 games into the season, uh, it really seems like he's having that that effect. And I think Luke Richardson makes a, a big impact on that and allows the leaders and veterans of the locker room to do be just those kinds of guys and allows the Blackhawks to have the locker room be that kind of team and player space rather than it being like, Oh, coaches here, everyone, you know, tighten up or whatever. Like it's, it seems like he's giving them that space to kind of control that locker room uh, environment. And I think that's probably something that Taze likes to have. So yeah, um, it's, it seems like it's, it's on the ice, off the ice, it's going in the right direction for a guy like him. I also think with Richardson and, you know, the way he handles the dynamics of the locker room, even if he does come around, I think in short order, he's done a lot to earn the trust of the team and to earn the trust of the players. It's different. Jeremy Cowden saw himself as up here and the players down here. Or if you want to go left and right, however you want to do it, they were separate entities. From day one of training camp, and maybe I've made too much of this, maybe not, when your head coach is putting himself through the skating drills, the conditioning drills with you, right? And you know he's played a million NHL games and hard playoff games and yada, yada, yada. He has earned the respect of the team where I'm not saying he feels like another teammate. It should not be that way for the record. But I think he's earned some credibility. And the fact that he's letting them handle things for the most part on their own, that when he does come in, there's not that eye roll or there's not that, God, leave us alone, trust us. It's, oh, there must be something important to be said right now. Let's give him our attention. And, you know, I, I, I've been really impressed with how he's handled things. We had it for the first time last night. We had a couple of people in the chat complaining about, you know, and we talked about it on the show, McKenzie and whistle on the power play over Sam Lafferty. Okay. Maybe a coaching thing we would disagree with there. Right. But it seems like when those things have occurred, he's fixed them in pretty quick order. When something's clearly not working, like he scratched Caleb Jones for a while. And then it resulted in better results from Caleb Jones. He has seemed to see the same things that we're seeing. Yeah, I think the biggest difference when you outside of the simplicity and the actual X's and O's between Richardson and Colleton is that Richardson, you know, 
has just he's got that respect because he played over a thousand games in the NHL and he's been an assistant coach and a head coach at the AHL level and an assistant coach in the NHL for a long time. Jeremy Collison was younger than some of the guys on the team when he came here and didn't have that. He was the boy wonder, yeah. you know, rocket strapped to his back. His coaching career was like it's still in his infancy stages because, you know, the general manager needed to prove to everybody he was smarter than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Where Richardson has got the resume where, thank you, the uh, Blackhawks <laughs> Voldemort. Uh, but resume's got that, uh, Richardson's got that resume that speaks for itself. And I think with him being a guy that was that veteran player in the locker room for a long time, was the guy that had seven, eight, nine hundred games in the room, I think that's why he's allowing guys like Taves and Kane and Connor Murphy and Tyler Johnson, Jake McCabe to kind of, you know, be the guys in the room that handles it. He'll step in when he needs to, but he's going to let those guys, Jack Johnson's another guy, he's going to let those guys be the true leaders of the team. And he's just going to coach because he's been that guy in a locker room before. He knows how important that is. Jonathan Taze, um, at I've, at least two times this season, um, since the season has began, has has said something to the effect of uh, Richardson knows what it takes to to be in this league and to be successful in this league and mm-hmm. to be a you know have a long career. And I think when I when I heard Taze say that for the first time, I was like, "Yep, that was exactly the point of mm-hmm. of why a guy like Richardson was was brought in and why I think this locker room has." almost overnight flipped in the way that they are, you know, handling this season, the way that they're playing, the way that they're responding to Luke Richardson. Uh, We've talked about it before, you know, at this point last season, body language was dog shit on this team. 10 games in, not even before this point, even. Oh, I, I mean, I remember, I remember, I remember (laughs) watching, I remember watching the first, what was it? 12 games of the season before Carlton was fired. Yeah. I remember watching games like 10, 11, 12 and being like, if they don't score the first goal, the game's over. And, and it was exactly that case. And it, this team now they're down, you know, if they're down, if they don't score the first goal, that's fine. They're down two goals. We've seen them be able to come back and, and muster up an effort. And I think it's definitely, <laughs> definitely a huge change of, of locker room environment. Obviously, everything that was going on off the ice was a big impact on that as well. Um, but I, I think inside the locker room, having a, a, a coach and having a system that these players can can buy into and then can also those leaders translate what the coach is trying to to implement and, and pass that along to the rest of the locker room, to the younger players. Such a huge difference. And I think it's a big re- and, and And going into the season, I, I was... I think a lot of people were saying, you know, Luke Richardson could be a big change for both Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze and, and the way that they handle themselves this season and could influence what they want to do. I think through the first 10 games, you're definitely seeing uh, the production that, that Taze has had, the response he's had this, the start of the season. Um, I think Luke Richardson has, has, has a big uh, impact on that. Our buddy Narfin says having Richardson uh, makes this team fun to watch and competent. It's a huge breath of fresh air. And this conversation is kind of quickly shifted from Taves to Richardson, but I think rightfully so. And remember, we had Derek King in with us towards the end of last season, and King acknowledged that he does not have a presence that demands respect. I was randomly shipped Matthew Barnaby's book. 
Nice. And I was flipping through it to see the brief chapter on on the Hawks, and he talked about Trent Yawning, and he said, great guy, not a head coach, does not have the presence to be a head coach, and that was just a little note that stood out. That stuff matters to guys, and, and yeah. you've got to get the respect of the players, and I think Luke Richardson has done that really, really quickly. And it's funny because in the preseason, we heard a few whispers here and there. People would uh, they bend our ear now and again on some things, and we heard that maybe Taze was not totally bought in and not totally sold and not totally ready to go when the season began. But from game one, uh, he's looked good. And look, he's had his moments, right? There's bad late penalties. There's been some turnovers. But I think some of those things are his body kind of betraying him, right? Where, oh God, I used to be able to catch a guy, right? Now I mm-hmm. can't, so I've got to hook him, right? He blew past me and I'm, I'm not as fast as I used to be. Uh, so I think you're seeing that happen a lot. But in terms of overall effort, in terms of buy-in, which is huge, uh, I think Taves has been has been really, really good. And just think about is we're, we're going back to talk about Jeremy Colleton. Like the buy-in is a huge factor. And we talked about this this summer where, you know, when Colleton was in the room and he would speak, guys like Duncan Keith would literally like completely tune him out or roll their eyes or talk shit mm-hmm. about them indirectly on a podcast. And, t- and young players saw that and they're like, well, if Duncan mm-hmm. Keith thinks this guy sucks, then he must suck. That matters. It makes a big difference. So when yeah. these young guys from Rockford start arriving, and you've already got, you know, at Whistle and Caleb Jones is a younger guy. When they see Taves and Kane and Johnson and, and Seth Jones and these guys bought in with Luke, then for them, it's not even a question, right? They don't even worry about the coach because they're like, well, if these guys, these champions think he's great, then he must be great. And I'm in. So let's go. I got eliminate I, that whole front part. I got to imagine it's having a bit of a, of a rub off on a guy like Philip Kurishev. Yeah. You know, oh, like absolutely. Just, just, just to see the way that he's playing this season compared to last season at the NHL level. Um, I, I really think it's got to be part of that reason is, is not only getting experience, but also being in a locker room and being in a veteran, you know, led locker room that is rubbing off on like, Hey, I can actually believe what this coach is saying. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and you know Narfin in his comment, you know, said that makes this team fun. Fun has been a buzzword in the Blackhawks locker room since the day one of training camp. A lot of the guys that weren't that were here last season, guys like Tyler Johnson and and Taves and Kane and Connor Murphy, they've all made m- multiple comments about how the attitude is different in the room this year. It's more fun to be there, and Richardson has a part of that, a, a major part of that, and I think. A lot of that has to do with, like, just think about how Luke Richardson talks to us, the media, after practice, after a game. He doesn't talk down to anybody. He's He he has you on an equal. Like, there are a lot of coaches in, uh, in every sport that kind of, you know, you could tell they don't want to be there. Nobody wants to talk to the media when you're when you're at that level. It's, it's a pain in the butt. You've got a hundred other things you'd rather be doing. And some guys, they talk down to media. Or they talk down to players. I think Jeremy Colleton was very guilty of that. If you questioned something in him, he'd give you that little eye roll or something. You, you know that was going on. A lot. If, if coaches are willing to do that in front of cameras, imagine what they do behind the cameras. But Richardson talks to everybody like as an equal and explains things you know, as if you're in the room. So if he's doing that in front of the microphones, imagine what the communication level is in that locker room and that is a huge difference and it's showing up on a nightly basis yes uh i think these last four games 
are probably the team that we're going to see more of than the team from the previous four games, but you cannot necessarily question the effort on a nightly basis. Last night was a little, a little eh, but a lot of that had to do with just the way the Islanders, the Islanders bore you to death when you're yes. on the ice. Like yes, they bore you to death and they, they make you play their style of hockey. And I, I, I heard uh, Jake McCabe after practice today, talking to Sam Lafferty. And he said, They've been the same damn team for six seasons now, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah. And <laughs> so I, I think I don't think last night was necessarily a bad effort. It was just, you know, suffocating. They, they they were they were suckered into playing the Islanders game, and that's exactly what they wanted to do. And, you know, it was just a hard hockey game to watch. Thank God the Islanders <laughs> are only on the schedule twice this year. I came Thank home. I came home and my and my wife said, "How was the game?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, it's the Islanders." And she's like, "Oh, I didn't watch." I go, "Remember when we used to go see the Hawks and Wild play?" And she went, "Oh God, <laughs> just remembering <laughs> how boring those games yeah. used to be." Yeah, like the it's the it's what the Predators were. It's it's Barry Trotz, you know, it's Barry mm-hmm. Trotz and 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 his effect, and then Lou Lamorello, who was notorious for you know. Putting boring hockey on the ice. Those Devils teams were boring as hell. Yep. Except for you know when Scott Stevens would decapitate guys on the ice, but <laughs> but it won. You, you, it's Effect- hard to argue. It's effective, effective. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't need to be exciting when you got championship banners in your arena, and Lou Lamoureux has a few. They're you a little know, dusty, so though. That, let's be honest. <laughs> they, they are, <laughs> pretty dusty. Know what? Yeah. Pretty not dusty. as dusty. Not as dusty as the ones in Toronto. Uh, that's true. Uh, Brandon has a comment. Johnny's been playing a lot better this year. Actually, Kaner seems like he don't care at certain points in games. We're going to get to Patrick Kane next. Uh, that's for damn sure. Don't worry. We're going we're gonna to spend some time on Patrick Kane. And there's a comment from Kayla I want to address, too. But first, we want to tell you about our friends at Green Ridge Farms. Uh, fellas, today uh, I was at P- uh, the Pete's. Uh, mm. in Matson and just stocking up on the Green Ridge Farm. We got that oven roasted uh, chicken breast, which is absolutely fantastic lunch meat. I got the spicy chili uh, meat sticks. God bless, they're so good. Mm-hmm. They're a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. They're the makers of all-natural deli meats, sausages, and the aforementioned meat sticks, which are perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. They've got 16 grams of protein per stick, and they are hardwood smoked for eight hours. I mentioned the spicy chili. They've also got the chicken, the black forest beef, jalapeno cheddar. It's all just absolutely outstanding. If you've not tried them yet, you owe it to yourself to go get some. You can find them at Costco, Sam's Club, or in your local Chicagoland grocery store. Like I said, I just found them at the Pete's. Um, They are all natural from recipes generations in the making. They're fresh and flavorful alternatives at snack time. And right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. Be like our buddy, Matt Peck. Throw some of those meat sticks in <laughs> your mac and cheese. Top, yeah. of, top your nachos, whatever you want to do. Green Ridge mm, Farm natural. is awesome, and it is simply natural meat. Perfect for tailgates, you said. Yes. Uh, speaking of tailgates, coming up this Sunday, uh, the Chicago Bears oh. uh, are, are playing a football game. 
Yes, they are. And uh, <laughs> it's and, fine. I don't think that's really. That's fine. And and we will be there. We will be there. The official. We're sponsored by DraftKings. That's the one that we Thank care about. You. The uh, yeah, <laughs> the official uh, CHGO tailgate will be out there at the corner of Roosevelt and Michigan, uh, the same place we were for the first official CHGO Bears tailgate uh, as Chicago takes on Miami. Starts at 8 a.m. as you see there on your screen. Uh, come on out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you don't need a ticket to the game to go to the tailgate, but you do need a ticket to the tailgate to go to the tailgate. Makes sense, right? Yes. Uh, go to allchgo.com. Plenty of ticketing options available. Uh, all your tickets to the tailgate include uh, all the food and drinks that you want. Uh, the first tailgate we had a, a taco truck. We had uh, talk coffee and donuts. We had pizza. We had plenty of uh booze and water uh it's a good combination to have for a football tailgate and uh speaking of green ridge they are going to be uh hooking us up with some food for the chgo tailgate it's going to be a lot of fun uh, again this sunday starts at 8 a.m corner of roosevelt and michigan go get your tickets to the tailgate it's going to be a good time uh, i'm going to be there you guys going to be there yep we'll be there jay will be um, there greg will be there it's going to be a good free time meat yeah where the hell else would i be uh prizes games um music it's going to be going to be a great time uh you'll hear more about uh the the games that will be at the tailgate uh later in the show uh like i said you don't need a ticket to the game to go to the tailgate but you do need a ticket to the tailgate if you are interested in getting a ticket to the game after you enjoy uh the fun tailgate uh you can go open up the game time app and check out the prices for Bears and Dolphins tickets on that Sunday. I'm sure that there will be great deals to be had on the Game Time app. It is the best app to use to get uh, the best prices on games and concerts, shows, whatever you want to see. It's the hottest ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to all those kinds of time, kinds of events. Uh, you won't find a better deal this season to any Bears game or Blackhawks game or Bulls game or whatever you want to go to uh, than on the Game Time app. And if you do find a better price, you probably won't. If you do, you can go reach out to Game Time, say, hey, I found this price on so-and-so's site, and they will match it. That's how much that they want to make sure that you are getting the best deal through them. And you can do that by going to the link in the description of this show, uh, and get uh, your game time tickets through that link. So be sure to go through there. If you love CHGO, you're going to love game time. The best way to support us is to get your tickets through the link in that description and join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all of your favorite events. It's going to be a good time on Sunday. Uh, looking forward to it. If you want to go to the tailgate, all If you want to go to the game after game time. Got a comment from Kayla saying, what's the point of me going to the tailgate if I'm only 19 and I can't drink? You can eat food. You yeah, can Yeah, there's plenty games, of things to do. You can dance to the music from the DJ. You can drink soda pop or water. Maybe even You can join me water. drinking water. Yeah, there's lots yeah. of things to do I there. I don't drink either, and I'm going, so it's a good time. It'll be a good there, time. And yes, were, for Region Rev, there will be prizes as well. There were people who... Uh, we're not 21 that were there and had a great time. So it's, yep. it's yep. not just a, it's not a college booze fest. It's, you know, it's, it's good for everybody. It's, it's good fun. Time. Yes. It's a fun uh, community gathering of uh, all the great CHGO fans. 
So uh, please join us, allchgo.com, to secure your tickets. They're going fast, so you might want to scoop them up uh, when you can here. So we hope to see you out there on Sunday. All right, let's get into Patrick Kane a little bit. We mentioned it off the top of the show. Uh, One goal, uh, I'm sorry, two goals and uh, eight assists in 10 games. Now, we talked about Jonathan Taves' shooting percentage of 31.6. Patrick Kane's is 7.4. Um, neither of those is sustainable (laughs) (laughs) somewhere in the middle. Just put them together. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get them both around like, uh, between 15 and 20 and we'll be, we'll be in pretty good shape. Uh, and there's a comment, um, from, I'm sorry, missed. Oh yeah. From Brandon. He says, Kaner seems like he don't care at certain points in games. Guess what? That's nothing new. That's got nothing to do with this year. When What's the Blackhawks first, wa- first time watching Patrick Kane, <laughs> yeah. When the Blackhawks don't have the puck, he is very not interested. Yeah, the, the, piano, they get the, the piano on his back arrives uh, in short order when the uh, when the other team yeah, has the yeah. puck. But once they get the puck, boom! All yeah. people people have questioned uh, Patrick Kane's GAF meter since the day he entered <laughs> in the league. It's just since his personality. That, yeah, it's just his personality. If he doesn't have the puck, he kind of seems to get bored out there. But when he has the puck. He's anything but boring. So when good uh, things happen. It's just part of his game. It always has been. I don't think, I don't think Patrick Kane has ever gone on the ice saying I don't care. I just think his personality. He's never gets too excitable. Uh, you know, in, until like the situation calls for it. You know, a big goal in a playoff or something like that. But that's it's, so when you see it, it's like means even more. His uh, his game tying goal in the Edmonton game, like he was, oh, you could yeah. tell he cared. And, and I, I think Kane's just not a very big expressive guy. No. Um, and if, if there were two players who could have easily packed it in and said, I'm just, I'm just waiting for my, for my bus ticket out of here. It's Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane and through their production on, on the ice and, and what they've said off of it, it doesn't seem like that's the case. I think that they've been pretty much themselves. Um, and and that's really all that you can kind of expect given the situation that the the Blackhawks came into the season in through ten games to be four four and two and to have Patrick Kane a point per game Jonathan Taze playing above expectations I I mean it's really hard to to find things to really complain about all that much yeah I, I think that they've both been well I think Kane has been as expected maybe you expect a few more goals. But he, I think his his puck luck has not been great. The shooting percentage shows that he's had mm-hmm. some good chances that he's either like just missed or last night, uh, Greg, you and I were watching the game together and he just waited a tick too long and it got blocked. But he's getting the looks, he's getting the chances, and eventually he'll start converting on those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I and they, look, the line mates aren't like love Domi, love Athanasiu, but that neither of those guys is Alex to it. No, he they're not he's not getting the space he was getting with Alex to tapping his stick in the left circle waiting for that one timer. So right. teams are able to kind of converge on 88 a little bit more than they have in the past few years. But as Athanasiu, if he's able to start producing like he's had this past week and Domi keeps getting some more looks than that, that it would open up a little bit more mm-hmm. for him and and you know if Athanasiu is starting to take advantage of the opportunities he's getting by getting that extra space on the ice Domi has already done that so now teams can start focusing more on those two guys a little bit and then the listen Patrick Kane's going to get his points we were all like saying you know hey what is he going to have what is he going to have 65 points he's got no line mates but it's like no Patrick Kane just he 
gets he finds a way Mm -hmm. you know uh so and then uh, you know he's that type of guy that can go on one of those streaks where he gets 12 13 points in a five game stretch you know (laughs) it it, it just takes you know a little bit of time and i'm not worried about patrick kane where there was a comment earlier about you know what about Patrick Kane yelling at Seth Jones. I think that was the opening game in Denver. Well, there's your proof that he cares. Just compared like, it was yep. it was a no big. It mm-hmm. wasn't a big deal. It was you know a heat of the moment type of thing. That was when. But that I think that was in wasn't that in that Colorado? was when that, I don't think that was the first game. That was the the play where uh, Seth Jones was like outside of the of the offensive zone on the power play. Yeah. Um and and he wasn't in the right position to get a pass from Kane. Um that's just I mean that's. That's just two two teammates yeah. communicating in a, a high leverage moment. I don't think it's anything to to make a, a a fuss about. And also, Seth Jones on on in if I remember correctly, in that situation had just played like a three minute shift, yeah. so it was just like he was just he was just gassed and and probably was just uh, slow to his position. So I don't yeah, uh, yeah that's not a that's a that's a non issue. I, mean, I I just brought that up as the point to prove the point that Kane cares yeah he wants like he wants the guys to be where they where yeah. they're supposed to be if, exactly. a guy, if a guy didn't care he'd be like whatever dude you know you're not you're not where you're supposed to be that's not my problem i'm skating back to the bench yeah i mean right. look so. there's to get to this level uh you have to be a competitor and to get to the to achieve what patrick kane has achieved he is a massive competitor and just the, think about the times where a player has i remember this in 2013 brad marchand said something to him like you haven't done much this series in fact Kane was like, watch this <laughs> and then just <laughs> tore the Bruins apart. You know what yeah. I mean? Like challenge him and you're going to find out how competitive Patrick Kane is. And yes, the defense has never been there, but I think Patrick Kane realizes that his value is on the ice in the offensive zone. He's never yeah. going to be a Selkie guy, but if it's playoff time and you're for whatever reason, if he's on the ice up a goal late, he's not just going to coast and stand there at the blue line. He knows when to make his plays defensively and hang out uh you know so yeah. I, I have no concerns about his attitude he has been this way his entire career i don't have a problem with teammates getting emotional with each other as long as it's not personal mm-hmm. and as long you know you talk about aaron Rodgers, who's like everyone on this team is making mistakes and they should all be benched right here with that stuff yeah, that's, that's bad teammate stuff right mm-hmm. but but having a moment with the guy in the ass like dude what are you doing come on that's that fine ha- that's and 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 that hap- that happens a dozen times a game in every NHL game every night. It's yeah. just it's it's a moment that gets that gets caught on um, on a mic or on on the camera or whatever. It's it's it is what it is. We've I, we've all played you know sports not at the professional level, but we've all played on on teams. Yeah, still 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 a free agent. Um, uh, we've all played on, on on teams like that in competitive, and you you know you're not going to kumbaya with every teammate in the, in those heated moments. You're you're going to say, "Hey, buddy, <laughs> get get where you're supposed to be." Uh, Honestly, and, and, it, when and it goes I, both ways. When I played sports, I would get that way with the guys I was closest with because right, I had that yeah. level of comfort right. to be like, "Because you knew you weren't going to get punched in the head." Yeah, <laughs> well, right. And if I did, it'd be fine. You know. But I uh, I saw with my own two eyes last night. Patrick Kane finished a check behind the play. It happened. Oh. There was a there was an Islander defenseman. I don't remember which one passed the puck from behind his net, and Kane finished it and went in the hard check, but he still finished it. So you know, hey, think oh. he's he's 
He it knows a, which it was game, a full moon last which night. Which game it? was it where you we, where you finished a check and then he went and scored at the other end? Uh, <laughs> uh, what about that Edmonton was, game? We only got two games to choose from, so it had to be the Edmonton <laughs> game. <laughs> I think it was. I, I I can't remember who it was against, but yeah, he he finished a check and then the player he hit uh, got a step on him and went down and scored. So that's why Patrick Kane doesn't play defense. <laughs> yeah, no, I I do not question the effort level. Of Patrick Kane. Yes, there are going to be shifts. There will be plays where you'll be like, man, he looks like he doesn't care. But you know what? It's been he's been doing that his entire career, and uh he's doing that all the way to the Hall of Fame. So not not too concerned. So where do we stand on for both guys, Taves and Kane, if we are to assess their trade value game one versus their trade value now for Taves? Let's start with Taves. Would you say it's up, it's down, up. or it's about even? Well, I say it's way up. It's I way up. I agree. Way up. It's it's, it's it's the highest it's been in a long time. It's trending upwards for sure. If 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 Jonathan Taze was a stonk, I would be buying it right now. Nice. Yeah. Good reference for the kids. Appreciate yeah. you doing for that the for youth. Us, Mario. For the for the youth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I it's, process it, it for a second. Like, oh yes, yeah, <laughs> I've seen that yeah, it's, before. It, it's going up. Um, and I look. I I know. It is the, the Kyle Davidson has said that the plan is still rebuild. Um, both of these guys, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze, control their futures. I I still believe that one or both of them will be on the move, but the part of me that thinks both of them may want to stay is growing a bit. But I still it's it's small, but it's getting a it's it's growing a bit in the back of my, in the back of my mind. Well, look, and what I'm hopeful and, and I guess hopeful is wrong word, I guess optimistic about is that I think Kyle Davidson is trying to do the best he can to prepare for that too. And when you see him make that Jason Dickinson trade and, and bring in a second round pick with it, I know that's 2024, but he is preparing for the opportunity that he might not get not just a smaller return than expected, but zero return at all if neither of those guys want to leave, you know, and that is a possibility. They might really like this. They might honestly, who knows in the course of the next four months, maybe they get a little pissy about, Hey, you know, had you not let go to bring it, we're probably a playoff team right now. So screw you. I'm not going to leave and let you get what you want. I don't know. Like there's, I'm just saying there's a lot of possibilities that can happen between now and March 3rd, but I I think you're right. Like, I think, Yes, Taze's value is going up. I also feel like the opportunity of that one or both of them staying is going up too. Yeah. Or the odds of, not opportunity of the odds of them of one of at least one of them staying, I think, is going up. Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I've always been a little uh wondered if if Kane will actually want to be traded. He's the guy that I'm leaning on to staying more, which you know, hurts more because he's the guy you would definitely get the bigger return for higher higher value. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's always that dream scenario that, Hey, you have an agreement, you trade him, and then he signs back in the off season to come back and get those records. Those rarely ever happen, but you know, if, if it is going to happen, maybe Patrick Kane is the guy it happens for, you know, he's such a, believer in this organization that he'll help him out by getting some draft capital form and then come back to break the records. I, it, that's unlikely scenario, but I, that could happen. Um, 
you know, I don't know with, with Taves it's such a hard read because you just mentioned that maybe he's starting to realize that his body is, is betraying him a bit and he can't do the things he's doing. We've seen that he's already today was his second maintenance day already on yep. the season. Um, Start starting to slow down. So maybe he says, you know, maybe he's the type of guy that says like, this is probably my last year. Like, I don't think I'm going to sign another contract anywhere. So maybe I want to go out and try and win one more time where Patrick Kane still has at least three more high quality years ahead of him. Yeah. It doesn't Um, look like he's slowing down. Right. So I could see the Taves maybe as, as the season goes on and maybe if he comes to a realization that like, Hey, this might be my last hurrah and I want to go out as a winner him waving that trade that no trade clause first uh and then maybe it just takes one of those guys to do it and the other one says well you know what john johnny did it i'm gonna do it too i don't want to be here without him or vice versa well i think that could happen conversely though you could look at it and say jonathan taze is looking at this as the last year of his career and he wants to finish it where he started it go out as a captain March 3rd passes, he's still a hawk, and the rest of this season becomes a Jonathan Taves farewell tour because I wasn't sure what to expect when the season started, when he would get announced in the starting lineup. He gets, him and Kane, obviously, get huge pops still to this day when they're announced. For sure. And people still love Jonathan Taves, and I think if we can kind of go back to that day of the 1,000th game last year where everyone kind of put the lack of performance behind him for a day, we forgot about the times he put his foot in his mouth in, at the podium a couple times last year and just remembered the great days of Jonathan Taves. If that's how this year ends and he wait and he hangs him up and calls it a career, I can't be mad at him for that either. I think there's mm-hmm. something poetic. You know, um, Ryan Getzlaff did it last year. I know he was older, but, you know, he did the I, a duck his mm-hmm. entire career, and that was meaningful for him. Yeah. Yeah, I – so <sighs> – I had a, a a conversation with someone who um, knows, you know, is 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 is, is close to to Taze closer than we are. Jonathan James. Um, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. nah. and um, yeah, it, it, it the the sense of playing his entire career in for one team, um, something that is not as common as as it used to be, um, is something that that is important. And, you know, you look at some of the some of the greats, Hall of Fame, all time greats. Wayne Gretzky played on multiple teams. Mark Messier played on multiple teams. Yep. Um, so it does matter to some of these guys. And, and, and it's it seems like, you know, part of something that matters to Tay is, is playing for one team. And if that is retiring at the end of the year because his body's starting to break down, that could be one thing. If it's like, hey. I see something here. I think I got a. I think I got another. You know, season or two in me. Things might be gelling with Richardson. Things might be gelling with some of the up and coming players. Maybe he sticks around. For, you know, maybe he signs a one or two year deal or something like that. I, I'm not. I'm not certain, but it does. I do get the sense that part of what matters to Taze is being a one team kind of player. So. We'll see how that plays out, but it, I, I, I do think um, there. I, I honestly, I think that I think there is something to that for him. 
but we'll see, you know, where he actually values it as as the season goes on. Maybe this start to the year is 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 just smoke and mirrors, uh, and things start to break down as we get to December, and January, and and attitudes change. That could be that, that could also be possible. Yeah, I think it's a factor for both of those guys because if it wasn't, they why they would have just waived their deals in the summer and been like, hey, you just traded Alex to Brinkett. Well, you see what you can get for me now. Get another pick right. at this draft. Like I'm mm-hmm. done. I'm out. But obviously. There's some loyalty there. I mean, yeah, it's easy to say, hey, I'm just going to play out this contract, get my $10.5 million, don't worry about moving or anything like that. But right. I think it's a factor for both of those guys. Uh, you know, this is the only organization they know. They've never played anywhere else. These these guys were drafted here and, and never spent a day in the minor leagues. They've been Blackhawks their entire professional career. And, yep. you know, there's a lot to go for loyalty on both sides because it's 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 almost non-existent in today's oh, uh, sports world. Absolutely, uh, both oh, both sure. in in the actual game and and as we all know, you know, covering the game too, there is very little loyalty left. So there's something to be uh, said about that. What's funny too is you mentioned you know Gretzky and Messier and those guys playing for other teams. When I think of the guys that Taves is compared to the most. Iserman, Sackick, Bergeron, Kopitar, all those guys are lifers for their teams. Mm-hmm. And Messier comparisons were made a lot too. He won the Messier award, I think, several times. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's there too, of course. But like those guys are all one player teams. And I remember his rookie year, the day he faced off against Joe Sackick for the first time. And he talked about how special that was and yeah. meeting him in the, you know, in the bowels of the United Center before the game, just like, oh my God, I'm talking to Joe Sackick. Like that's the guy that's why he wears number to. 19. Yeah. That's why he wears 19. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's, uh, and, and I, I don't know. I think if you're Jonathan Taze, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes, right? Nothing else really to accomplish. Does winning a cup with, Boston or New York or Toronto. Okay, maybe Toronto. <laughs> but, you know, insert yeah, Cup contender right. X here. Uh, does winning that with him, does it really change his legacy? Does it put him in a different... He's already going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? Like, as mm-hmm. soon as he's eligible, he is in. There's no doubt about it. Same with Kane, right? So both those guys can look at this as, do I have anything that I need to accomplish yet? And the answer for both those guys, honestly, is No. They don't. Their their resumes are complete. It's just a matter of the counting stats at this point. And Patrick Kane can do that here. He can do it wherever he wants for the next three, four years. But Jonathan Taves, I really do think there's a chance he says, you know what? I had a great run. My body's catching up with me. I want to spend the rest of my life in hockey in another way, shape, or form. So let's move on to the next part before I get more concussions and my body starts to betray me even more. Uh, and mm-hmm. just calls it a day, and and I wouldn't be mad about it. Would would I like to have a third round pick or a second round pick? Of course, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, to see Jonathan Taze retire as a Hawk, I think that would be really special too, and not just some ceremonial. I'm signing a one day contract to retire a Hawk. Right. You know what I mean? Like the actual well, thing. And think about too. You know, we went through this last season with Duncan Keith playing for the Oilers. Yeah. Like that was weird. Yeah. And I I wonder, obviously. Duncan Keith had had perfectly fine reasons to want to go and, and play for Edmonton to be closer to his family to to finish his career, um, you know, close to his family and you know his his sons and everything like that's fine. I'm never going to argue against that. Um, 
but I, I wonder if, if, if Taze and, and, and Keith have talked and if he's, if he's asked about him, about that experience of being like, Hey, what was it, you know, how weird was it to play somewhere completely different from what you've known your entire career and retire there? And, and I don't know. I, I wonder if that's something that is, is in his mind because think, and, and think about some of the, the, the most notable and, and long-term teammates that, that Taze had like, like Keith and Crawford and Seabrook, like Seabrook only played for Chicago. Right. Crawford was going to play for the devils and then retired. Like, I, I wonder if, those guys have had those kinds of conversations. Um, we're, we're, yeah, we're just speculation, feel, but maybe like, I think the Crawford thing is, 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 is a good comparison because I think Taves and Crawford are a bit more alike in personality than maybe we think, um, mm-hmm. you know, both very serious, you know, kind of to themselves, private kind of dudes. And I'm telling you, Corey Crawford got to New Jersey and was like, my heart's not in this. I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. want to do this. And like, we like, could talk about Ray Bork joining the Colorado Avalanche, but that's different because Ray Bork had this c- tremendous career and the Without only thing cup. missing was a cup. Mm-hmm. Taves has three. So I don't right. know if the temptation like, oh, go join the go join the Bruins as their f- third line center for a playoff run. Eh. Ugh. I don't know how yeah. much that appeals to him. And I guess he I don't to be honest with you, I don't know if he knows yet either. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Greg. No, I was just saying, I don't think you know, I don't think either of them have really thought about it that much, to be honest with you. Um, as, as much as they're asked about it constantly. Yeah, right. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I don't I think they're just, you know, hey, let's I, I when Patrick Kane has said many times, just gonna let this play out. I, I he's being honest when he says that. I don't think he's got uh, uh you know, the red Sharpie out and circled March 1st yeah. as the date to make up his mind. You know, mm-hmm. he's got NY or COL on, on his calendar <laughs> on March 1st. I don't think that's the way those guys operate. They're worried about finding a way to beat the LA Kings tomorrow night. Greg, mm-hmm. he can only go to Buffalo. That's where he's from. You're not allowed <laughs> to play forgot. for any market aside from where you grew up. I forgot. Yeah. God, on, I'm so tired of that garbage. <laughs> All, All right. right. Uh, wh- one. Sorry, uh, yeah. I was just going to say one, one point that Greg brought up that I think also plays into a factor for both of these guys is, you know, they've, they've only known Chicago in their professional careers and they, they grew up here. They have roots here. They, they live yeah. here. Patrick Kane is raising his family in Chicago. Like, I mean, w- you look at uh, guys like Dylan Strom and, and Alex Dabrinkit. And the way that where they were in their personal or where they were in their personal lives. And then to for especially for Dabrinkit, you read the 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 Players Tribune article. He was just like, I, I got married. I had my kid. I thought I was going to live in Chicago and be in Chicago for my career. Like, I thought that's where I was going to be. And both of these guys, Taze and Kane, have that experience. And I wonder if that's also an off the ice consideration of like, you know, I know Chicago. I sure Kane could go to Buffalo to be in his hometown, but like, does that matter to him at all? Like, would he's, he? He's, does that he's matter longer in Chicago than Buffalo at this point? Right? Yeah, does right. that does that yeah. matter to to you know sell your house or sell your whatever and uproot and, and go, go somewhere move to Buffalo? And, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, and and, and go live in, in February in, in an area that. <laughs> In an area that is, you know, potentially unfamiliar to take your family out there to take, you know, to take a young kid out there. Uh, it's, 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 it's a lot of considerations. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely think outside of hockey, that's something that both of these guys are, are probably considering, uh, 
you know, what, what they want to do at this point in their lives. All right. Today at practice, uh, Luke Richardson had uh, some thoughts on his first 10 games as an NHL head coach. Why don't we give those comments a listen and then we'll get into some of the uh, news and notes of the day as well. No, not really. I think, uh, you know, being around the game, I've seen other coaches, whether as a player or assistant coach, uh, you know, go through lots of different scenarios. You have to be willing to, uh, you know, be open to to change and be able to change on the fly, Uh, you know, with injuries, uh, schedule changing, you know, what we don't, media requests, you know, what, what have you. Like, I think, you know, there's important things that come along with the job and the game that you have to uh, make sure that you divvy up your time properly. you got to make sure you spend enough time with the players and the team and the coaching staff. But then there is other areas that you have to uh, uh, be, important. you know, they're important to the job and, and the game. So you got to make sure that you have time for all that. Um, you know, I think where we're at, I think last night, like the second half of the game, I thought our work ethic was you know, really good. And I think that's where we're we're really leaning towards is, is our identity as a team is we're going to work right to the end. We're going to get better at protecting leads, um, you know, holding leads and pushing at the end of the game like last night to really, you know, come back and score some goals and win some games. And I think we've done that already. Um, and we haven't been successful at some at, at some games, but um, I think we're getting better at the starts of our games, so we're not falling behind as much. And um, you know, putting our efforts into a smart game, you know, it's it's just evolving. Um, lots of work to be done still, but uh, it would be no fun if it was too easy. So I think uh, I enjoy every day and spending time with the guys. And, you know, today, I, you know, I've planned to meet a couple guys and just individually, I didn't want to show any team video today. I thought our team responded to our video over the last few days of cleaning up our line rushes against and the D zone coverage a little better. And I thought we did a much better job last night. Not a lot of extended D zone time. Uh, you know, I think, you know, we have to get back. Next week's a great week to work on special teams again a little bit more because we have a few days. That's been really good for us so far, and we've got to make sure we continue to build off of that to, to help the team win. Is there a particular game or moment that's been formative or meaningful for you? Uh, I, I, you know, I thought, you know, just uh, was it a, you know, the, was it the first three wins that we were combined on two nothing, like, and just seeing the, res- the, the resolution and seeing, seeing how the guys respond on the bench, they weren't slamming doors and breaking sticks. Uh, there, you know, there was a couple times where either Taser or Kaner or, you know, Caber at the back end, like, you know, standing up and saying something meaningful with authority, but not, um, you know, beating down other players. It was kind of bringing them along with them and showing leadership. And I thought, you know, that's that's how we came back in those games. We didn't, we, were, we weren't out, out banging sticks and slamming doors and yelling at the D's and the D's yelling at the forwards. You know, that happens through a year uh, when people are together this long and, and there's ups and downs. But I, I thought at the beginning of the year to hold the composure together in those first three wins that we had were uh, very impressive to me. And I, I think that shows a sign of a close team. And I really want to see them build themselves into a really close, tight-knit team because that's what's going to help us. Uh, you know, I think they're going to be a lot of close games for us this year. So we got to make sure that we're tight and we're together to, to get through those. Love Luke Richardson. He just ta- he he just answers questions. I know it, it sounds like a really silly thing to say, but he's thoughtful. He just like you're asked a question, he thinks about it and answers it. 
It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, you know, it's 82 games and we got to focus on L.A. And it's, a, it's no. It's like, mm-hmm. thank you for the question. Here is my thought on your question. It's like the simplest thing in the world, but it's very, so effing rare with coaches. Very appreciative he doesn't talk in cliches. Yes, yes. Be interesting to see how, as the years progress, how that changes. Where like, hey, I was the new guy, and now I've been here for a couple years. I've accomplished stuff. I don't have to answer crap from you guys anymore. Yeah. So, no, it's been uh, it's been really good to talk to to cover him so far. A very refreshing head coach. Gives you lots of good stuff. Yes. Who else gives you good stuff, Greg? Well, those would be our friends over (laughs) at Shady Rays. Uh, Have you ever wondered why sunglasses are so expensive? Well, our friends at Shady Rays did too, and they have set out to change that. You don't need to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because Shady Rays has you covered, you and your eyeballs. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles cater to everyone and every lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays is they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Did you lose them in a big pile of leaves while you're out ranking? Did you uh, drop them? (laughs) Forgot to pick them up before you lit the leaves on fire. <laughs> yeah, you know. It happens. <laughs> crazy things happen this time of year. Mm-hmm. Did you accidentally give them out as Halloween candy the other night? <laughs> well, Shady Rays will replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they will still manage to make quality that I can tell you from being a customer for a couple of years now. They are just as good as any expensive pair that I have ever worn. Shady Rays customers will agree as well because they have over 200,000 five-star reviews. And Shady Rays will also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every single order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. So you're going to look good while doing a good deed. They stand behind their product and they told us here at CHGO that if anyone has a problem, they will throw profit right out the proverbial window and do what it takes to get it right. Free returns and exchanges. You either love the Shady Rays or they will pay to ship them back. That's it. End of story. An exclusive for our listeners. Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use the promo code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That's buy one, get one free, kids. You can get two pairs of really awesome sunglasses for as low as $54. You're not going to find that deal anywhere else in all of the interwebs. And once again, check them out, ShadyRays.com, where you'll find all their newest and best-looking shades. And... I know we we talked about the uh, the tailgate, the meets that will be at the tailgate, the ticketing options for the tailgate. Again, if you look on your screen, bottom left corner, uh, for the information there on the CHGO tailgate. But what we didn't tell you is who will be providing some of the fun and games at the uh, the CHGO tailgate coming up on this Sunday, and that's Shy Town Cornhole. They have uh, provided us some amazing cornhole bags boards that uh, are just perfect great quality uh they look great they got the uh, chgo branding all over it they're gonna look nice uh, and if you come out to the tailgate 
or and, and see the cornhole set and you're like, wow, I really like that. I want to get myself one of those custom printed by Shy Town Cornhole. Uh, you're going to be able to do that by going to shytowncornhole.com where you can check out all of their awesome products, awesome designs, all the work that they've done. Also check them out on Instagram at Shy Town Custom Cornhole Boards. Uh, they are the number one provider for cornhole boards in the Chicagoland and Illinois area since 2007. All of their signature box style designs can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders. Gotta love that. Uh, they're recessed on the back. Uh, they have the LED lights that light up around the, the, the hole there, so you can uh, do some cornholing at night. The exterior handles for easily easy carrying. Love that as well because those things can get heavy because they are good quality. They're not cheap materials. They are good quality cornhole boards, and they're handcrafted. And they have the scorekeepers on the back as well. So when you uh, are getting good use out of that drink carrier, uh, you can keep score nice and easy with those scorekeepers on the back. Shy, Shy Town Cornhole is also a veteran-owned and operated business, so you love that as well. Again, check them out. Website is shytowncornhole.com. Follow them on Instagram at shytowncustomcornholeboards. And hockey fans, it is finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. That is a great deal. Looking at the action tonight and trying to find like a good value bet. The Flyers have been a little better than people thought. And the Leafs have been a lot worse than people have thought. <laughs> the Flyers are plus 270 on the money line. It's a good uh, value. Do I yeah. think they're going to win? Probably not. Chase but that's that plus a money. Pretty good value. You could lay down, uh, you know, five bucks and get a pretty nice return on a bet like that. Five bucks will win you 1850 on that bet. So not a bad deal. If you want to bet against and, and have fun at the Leafs expense, maybe jump on the Flyers uh, plus 270. And of course, you want to add to that bet with some parlays, go for it. They are so much fine. You combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO. Bet five bucks on any NHL team to win their game and get 200 bucks in free bets if they do. That's code CHGO at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And speaking of notes, a couple of things we want to get to here before we wrap up. Casey Sezikis was fined $5,000 for his uh, goaltender interference uh, penalty last night. That is the maximum allowable. As Greg said on Twitter, that'll teach him. Yeah, he's probably got it in his couch cushions. That'll um, make every player think twice about driving to the net like that. Yeah. Um, last night, we speculated on what the Hawks will do in goal. Will they sign a free agent? Will they uh, elevate somebody? They have signed uh, goaltender Dylan Wells, who was in their system, of course, to a one-year two-way contract, 750K in the NHL, 880K in the AHL. <laughs> so a significant not a, difference. Not a bad gig. The smiliest guy in the locker room this morning, as you can imagine, he was very happy to be there. 
probably has something to do with that pay raise, but uh, mm-hmm. I would imagine it's not the way Dylan envisioned signing his first NHL contract, but uh, you know, or at least with the Hawks. Um, but Hey, you take it any way you can get it. He said he was actually watching the game last night with some of his ice Hawks teammates and like moments after Staylock went out, Kyle Davidson blew up his phone. <laughs> so uh-huh. it happened oh, wow. really quick last night. <laughs> Please click this link to DocuSign. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Went down to Taco Bell, Dylan, start driving east. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, I yeah. would be shocked if he gets any action at all. I think it's just Arvid Soderblom until Mrazek and or uh, Staylock are ready R- to Richardson go again. Richardson pretty much said today he's just an insurance policy, so mm-hmm. – yeah, uh, it sounds like Morazic will probably be ready for the one of those two games out west next weekend. Okay, and no timeline for Staylock, obviously yet. No, he did say he was feeling better this morning, okay. which is a positive. But with concussions, yeah, you, you never just, know. You, you, yeah. you never, you don't. But I don't see it's, them it's, rushing either of those guys back. Soderblom's been good. Uh, let the kid, you know, uh, you know, Richardson even said this morning, like, Hey, this is a little bit faster than we wanted to get him here. Probably not in Arvid's mind. He's probably right yeah, on right. his timeline, but he's been really good and let's give him a shot. So maybe, you know, maybe we've accelerated his development timeline, not out of, out of wanting to, but out of necessity so what? far, he's, he, he can handle it. I have no doubts in that. Hey, look, if he, you know, keeps playing like he's played in the absence of Mrazek and Staylock, um, and they make a move at the deadline, they may look at him and say, mm, your, he's, your he's NHL ready. Yeah. You know, and your he net. might be the guy. So yeah. we'll Depends see. Depends what they want to do with the Ice Hogs, though. I mean, I know yeah. they're, they they want the Ice Hogs to have a deep playoff run, and I don't know if you're getting a deep playoff run with uh, Jackson Stauber or Mitchell Weeks in goal. So True. True. That's no. true. Um, and I wanted to ask you too, Greg, since you were practice today, was there any clarity given on how they're going to handle Regula now that he's here in terms of rotation or anything like that? Not really. They didn't really do line rushes or anything like that today. They were just working on on, on different drills. So okay. we'll probably get a little better idea tomorrow at morning skate. Um, but, you know, it, it just kind of, as Richardson's always said, these things kind of have a way of sorting themselves out. Yeah. So maybe you get Regula in there. Roos might be a guy coming out of the lineup. If that happens, I'd be my guess. He was a little yeah. iffy at moments last night. He wasn't terrible last night, but there were some times where he, he looked like an NHL rookie for the first time since he's been here. But yeah. we'll see, um, you know. I, I imagine they want to get Regula some ice time. If he's going to be here for three to four weeks while Jones is out, you can't have him sit that much time. That's counterproductive. Yeah. He's got to take that wool cap off. Um, he was, <laughs> looked very cold in the press box last night. All right. We're going to wrap things up. We're running late. Thanks everybody for hanging with, with us. If you've not already done it, please smash that like button on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure you're subscribed. If you want to leave us a five-star review on Apple podcasts or Spotify, we would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Uh, and we're going to talk to you post game tomorrow night. Reminder, we are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. For Mario and Greg, I'm Jay. Thanks to Lawrence for running the show today. We'll talk to you tomorrow night on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.